0: This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com Hey folks back here uh my buddy mike ferris how's it going mike good jeff how are you today good I, I, uh, you walked in and you're wearing uh what i described as a russian mobster style leather jacket
1: i actually have three of them i have two sports jackets one in navy one in black and i actually have a black trench coat like the matrix that had a made in lithuania yeah actually. so i said
0: i said russian mo- mafia and you said yeah. lithuania close I said, and you said you lived i didn't know this you lived in lithuania
1: yeah for 2000 Moved there September 2000 and left in November 2002. So we were there during, we were just talking about, everybody's been talking about 9-11. We were talking about, yeah, we were in a foreign country and that was going on, kind of interesting. What
0: was, what was that like?
1: It was okay. Most people were trying to call us because they just knew we were not in the U.S. and how did we feel? Were you being attacked? No, it was, it was all okay. So, you, and, were,
0: so you, you were, I mean, Lithuania was one of the Soviet republics, so it's the Baltics, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, right. were um, some of the ones that were, Kind of not very willingly part of the Soviet Union. So did you notice that kind of little animosity? Well, with
1: one, they weren't. Nobody was a big Russian fan there. Mm-hmm. But they all spoke Russian. It was no matter where we went, because I was, you know, I was in Poland, I was in Latvia, I was in Lithuania, back and forth, and always had a translator with me. But we normally spoke. They spoke Russian because Polish people spoke Russian, Lithuanian spoke Russian, Latvian spoke. That was a common language. That, that my interpreter could work on all the time.
0: What were you there for? For, for work,
1: I assume. I was there when uh, Williams used to own the refinery up in North Pole, and I handled all the everything that left the country by water. There's exported by water through the Kalpitis Nafta terminal in Lithuania and a couple of the terminals in Riga. So,
0: so you were like living in Vilnius, or
1: we were actually living in Majeke, which is armpit of Lithuania. <laughs> <laughs> It's not the greatest place, but it's right close to the Latvian border. I did so many crossings into Latvia. I filled up my passport, added extra pages, filled that again, and then had to get an, another passport because I was just always back and forth. And, of course, it's four stamps, stamp leaving Lithuania, stamp into Latvia, stamp with you, you leave Latvia, another stamp when you got back to Lithuania.
0: Yeah, I, I, was, I was in Latvia in 2006. I went to a trip around Europe, and I, I went all over Germany, Eastern Europe, a lot, um, Hungary, Czech Republic. I went to Russia for a while, Ukraine, and then I came back and spent two weeks in Latvia. And uh, I loved Latvia. It was a great country. It was after they were in the EU, so everything was all yeah. modernized and
1: and everybody always said, you know, when we went over, oh, we're going to Europe. I go, no, we were in a former Soviet bloc country. It wasn't Europe. When we first got there in Vilnius, there were. A few cars we saw in the two years when we left there was traffic jams over at Clapida uh-huh. they were putting in a big it was called a Maximus store, but it was closer somewhere big Walmart somewhere between a big Walmart and a Costcos but when they were clearing that land there was guys hauling off steel, the old steel whatever's in the ground in a horse and a cart. There were still people you go and, by. And now
0: they're in the EU, a lot of the Lithuania, Estonia. So yeah. they're to- I mean, totally probably looking way different.
1: Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like I said, Vilnius, there was three, four cars in there when we got there. When we left, there was cars everywhere.
0: So, so I was, never, never, know you, never know you lived there. So I met you in 2010 when I had graduated uh, college. I had actually just got back from Ukraine, which is kind of yep. nearby. I was uh, dating this, this girl that I met here and come back. And I had finished school, and I was looking for a job. I was thinking about joining the military. I wasn't sure. And a, a, a friend of mine, um, Andrew, owned this company, this IT company. And I made a joke once. I said, oh, you should hire me to be your sales guy. And he kind of, uh, we laughed. And then, you know, a little while later called me and said, I need a sales guy. My, my guy's leaving. And I thought he was kind of joking because I didn't know anything about IT or didn't even know what a server. I couldn't even tell what a server did back then. So you were working there at the time. Yep and you were going to was it Xerox? Yeah,
1: Xerox corporate had recruited me to come <clears throat> excuse me, come work for them. Like when I worked for the telecommunication, Alaska Communications, one of my managers there was an old Xerox guy and he got back to Xerox and he recruited me to come work for him.
0: But, so, so Andrew hires me basically and then Oh, well, hold
1: on. You interviewed. So you interviewed with me and Jim Henry and we interview right and you left and Jim goes what do you think? I go. I think he was stoned, man. That guy's on drugs. <laughs> Found out later, you had a cold, and you were on cold medicine because you were really sick from something. And
0: I don't even remember that. I remember. I remember talking to you guys. Yeah, I remember coming in because Andrew said go talk to to these two, um, and Jim kind of ran the IT, the infrastructure team. Yeah. Um, and I'm
1: like, man, that guy looked just doped out. <laughs> you were sick and I cold medicine.
0: So. Guy's I. So he had hired me, and then I remember coming in and i had done like i'd sold cars and passed and i had had a small business but i'd never worked in, in like a professional sales environment and andrew was like talk to mike he'll, he'll get you kind of he'll get you squared away and uh we had like a 30 minute maybe an hour meeting in in your office and i said kind of what you know what do i do and i remember you were like we talked about you know overcoming objections but you know asking people what their problems you know we had this like and then I think you, had, you were about to leave, like, that week, Yeah, right? probably. I yeah. think you were there for just, there was a very small overlap. And then I was kind of on my own. <laughs> and then I just started knocking on doors, and we actually did pretty well. I was there for almost over three years. Yeah. But we had kept in touch because you were doing the Xerox, and we had some clients that used that and service. You, so
1: Yeah, and then after a while, you went to uh, another tech company. Yeah, NBNBS, yeah. Yep, and so knew you there, and I
0: knew those guys as well. But then at some point, uh, Xerox was leaving, right?
1: So I worked for Xerox directly for a couple years, and everybody goes, what do you think of working for Xerox? I go, we do not mesh. This is not a good fit. And I go, it's me, it's not Xerox, but Xerox, I don't know what, they have 120,000 employees in the world then. And I go, hey, I got a great idea. We can save a million dollars. They go, yeah, who cares? And I, I, I always tell this story, when I worked for Alaska Communications, if you had a really, really good idea, you could push that boat a little bit. You could just really push hard and fight, you could move it.
0: Well, I was a GCI for a year and a half when they bought NBS, and yeah. it's like any corporate, it's hard to get yeah. something to go So with. I went
1: to Texas, I go, hey, got an, a, an idea, we ought to go do this. They go, oh yeah, go do it. Yep. yep. And then I got to Xerox, and hey, we got a great idea. No, 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 no.
0: It's the, corp- yeah, it's the corporate uh, world, I know.
1: And I spent the last probably six months there going, why am I here, I do not like this, I was thinking about maybe I just go commercial fishing year round again, I just was not a good fit for Xerox and then Xerox decided at the time to close their corporate office in Anchorage and Puerto Rico and they started another Xerox agency and I had the benefit of starting that agency and we're in our seventh year with that.
0: I remember I came to uh, the Xerox, you're in the same place right? Or no, Did you move. Well, we're on, we're on
1: fire. We're on, no, no. We're on fireweed now. When you were over there on Beast, Street, I remember right. I came
0: up and you had the all the copiers like a demo. Yep. And and I was like, fuck. Some of this stuff is like some of those things were huge. I mean, I never saw something that big. Yeah. And all the you were talking about the, the colors and the all the the cartridge, all the tech, computer technology because you know office has a, comu- a computer system, network, with servers, computers. They have a copier printer with Xerox or Conoco Minolta whatever. That's yeah. usually a separate thing. Yeah. That you guys were and it was just. I couldn't believe some of the stuff those things could make. No, and it, was, and it's, it was incredible.
1: They're, they're really cool now. Now they have translation built into them. You can put in a piece of paper in English, come out in Russian. Really? Put it in German, come out in Spanish. It'll How accurate? Trans- How accurate is it? Uh, I would say it's probably about ninety percent. And there's other ways you can do that. You can pay a little bit more money and it will go in and you can have actually somebody go look at it all the way up to basically a UN interpreter type person if it's a really important Super contract AM, yeah. after you got it all translated just to go back through it and, ta- and take a quick look at it.
0: So when you started AES, I remember talking to you about it and um, it was kind of, was there, were you a little bit unsure or like what, I mean, is this gonna work, is it not gonna work, how much money am I gonna make, how yeah, much? I was, prob-
1: I was really thinking for a while boy, 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 do I want to bite this off? And then I'm like, had this epiphany. Hold on, you've hated life for two years working for xerox you've been talking about going back to fishing where you control your own destiny it's all on you you work hard you make money you don't make money and now you have an opportunity to run your own company do it the way you want to do it this is what you've been asking for for two years and here it is and i like oh yeah hey i so want to go do did this. you have
0: to buy all the equipment or did you make a deal with them no
1: most of the the demo equipment was there we got to keep that so we we started with that but as you know we sell stuff we buy it and
0: sell it so you have, I mean, I guess, I assume you compete with, like, Conoco Minolta, or... All the
1: offshore vendors are pretty much here Keosera, in town. Kyocera, I think, is another All word. the offshore vendors are pretty much here in town. So did
0: you inherit, like, all these companies in Alaska have existing had existing Xerox contracts or machines? All the,
1: the the Xerox direct companies that that were customers of Xerox, yes, they all became my customers at Alaska Enterprise Solutions.
0: So you started with how many people, how many employees?
1: four, five.
0: Where are you at now? Same or? Well,
1: what are we at? I'm just getting ready to hire another person. And maybe right. I'm at six. I've contracted a couple jobs out, so I got people working for me, but they're, they're contracts now instead of an actual employee.
0: So how do you, like, what's your relationship with with Xerox? I mean, you're just, you're kind of their vendor in Alaska, right?
1: Yeah, I'm, yep, we're just an agent for, you, for Xerox.
0: Do you have the uh, sole contract or the, what's the term I'm thinking of? Do you have the? Exclusive the to franchise. Exclusive, yeah.
1: No, there's a couple different agencies. We have, have offices up in Anchorage and Fairbanks. There's another agency down in Juneau and there's a couple in Anchorage. So it's um, we very rarely cross paths, so it's no big deal. There's plenty of business out there. People are always
0: gonna need copiers, right? I mean, that's...
1: People always, and people talk about, well, what's the economy like for you? I go, well, you know, if you had 20 people in your office, you'd had to downsize to 10. You still need a copier. I mean, it just—it's kind of a recession-proof. There's not mm-hmm. big jumps up and down. It just kind of steady. it
0: so you mentioned the commercial fishing, and that's something else. You have a boat, right? You have a—you fish in—is Bristol Bay?
1: Yes, Bristol Bay. We just completed our 25th year out there.
0: So, do you go out and do it yourself?
1: Go out and do it myself.
0: So you just kind of leave the the, the business here to leave the, the
1: business. I've left that business when I worked for. I was commercial fishing year-round out in the Bering Sea, like, you know, deadliest catch kind of stuff. I ran a boat out in the Bering Sea for six years.
0: Really? Yeah. One of those huge, major You know, wa- a
1: few years ago, they had a red boat on there called the Seabrook. I don't know if some people remember it or not. That was my father's boat, so that was a boat I grew up on.
0: Oh, so you, you grew up fishing.
1: I grew up fishing. I started commercial fishing when I was 12. I've commercial fished every year of my life, but three in some capacity. Was it
0: Lithuania, <laughs> a couple of the ones you didn't?
1: Nope. When I was in Lithuania, I flew back and ran the boat out in Bristol Bay.
0: Wow. Yeah. That was I, part of the deal you made? Or?
1: Yeah, I just took vacation days. When I worked for Alaska Communications, I had a boss tell me one time, hey, we're going to make you a major account manager. You need to think about selling your boat and really concentrating on your trade. I said, I'll tell you what, if you want to put that in writing and give that, that offer to me in writing, I will follow that up in my letter of resignation.
0: Nice. Good and it never,
1: never came up again. We still joke about it. I know him well.
0: So how how uh, how long is the season? Was it six weeks or? T-
1: yeah, maybe. You know, I think the actual fishing. You know, the peak of the fishing is three four weeks. What kind, of,
0: what kind of boat do you have now?
1: It's a aluminum boat, aluminum gill netter that looks like that. You can't. Nobody else can see it. That's but it's a thirty two de- foot decent size
0: boat. Yeah. How many people are on there?
1: Four, including myself. So we had the first boat built in nineteen ninety four down in Ferndale, Washington, and it was a bow picker. And then this new one is a, a stern picker, and if you get on my boat and you look out of the boat, it's probably the one of the most, probably one of the nicest boats in the fleet. And everybody goes, "Oh, you're going to catch more fish with a new boat?" I go, "No, I'll probably catch less fish with the new boat, <laughs> but my comfort level increased tenfold."
0: Yeah, I have some friends who go out there, and they have old boats, and they're sleeping in the bottom by the engine, and it's like it sounds not very comfortable. Yeah, no, this on is boat a, you
1: we, you know, we kind of we built this boat for. Very, very efficient, competitive boat, but it's it's also a very nice boat.
0: And you're also, this other place I got to really know you, there was a job thing at Techster Us, but then I saw you, you're very involved in the resource community, like RDC, Resource Development Council, Alliance, you've always been very um, yep. involved on that side of, of Alaska. So probably I'm, good for business, but also I think it's something you care about.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I, I'm a board member of Resource Development Council, which is, you know good-minded resource development you know it's we're all alaskans we're we you know people seem to think alaskans want to rape and pillage and that's the last thing we want to do we want to develop our resources in a very good way that protects the environment while we're doing that so no i'm and part of the four five platforms of resource development are tourism oil and gas mining forestry and fisheries yeah,
0: i think people don't and here at RDC, a lot of folks might just think oil and gas are mining, right. but it's it's the, the fisheries, too, and the and the tourism. Yeah, and
1: how do you find that balance between all of them? So we were, a couple weeks ago, we were on an outreach trip to Kodiak. And we we're over visiting this development at Cliff Point. Oh, my
0: friend Ella was out there, I think. LA, yeah, yeah LA, she was, she was she, there. Yeah. She was
1: on the trip with me. And we were t- one of the developers, we were down on the beach at Cliff Point, and he was asking some questions. And I go, you know what? You will probably not have a better knowledge group of people here on almost any topic you want to bring up. Somebody in this group will be able to, will be an expert on that topic. So it's pretty cool. It's a great group. we also members of the Alaska Support Alliance, members of the, uh-huh. Anch- the Alaska Chamber, State Chamber, Anchorage Chamber, Fairbanks Chamber, the Chamber. And yeah it's like I just,
0: uh, you got all the boxes checked there for all the you trade, know I, trade just, groups. I,
1: I like being involved in you know both the community and the the different organizations around the state we're all in here together and you know get out there and let people know what's on your mind
0: so do you see um i know the the pebble issue has been coming coming up lately bigger and bigger and yep. you're out there in Bristol Bristol Bay uh, maybe talk a little bit about that. I know you know lately it's been there's been announcements and there's been stuff in the national with president trump and there's been some some more yeah i got
1: i'm probably one of the few fishermen i'm neutral on pebble i'm not saying build it no matter what i'm not saying don't build it no matter what i i believe in you know i like commercial fishing i like that's how i make my part of my livelihood but at the same time if we start getting selective and say we don't like that project we don't like this project you know, once you've opened that door and say, oh, we'll just shut it down and won't let it go through the process, people fail to realize they're not just going to use that on Pebble. They'll use that on every other project in Alaska to oh, shut right, it right, down. Right
0: now, they're trying, On the the House voted in Congress, to, they're trying to block the ANWR right. uh, development, which, which the Senate's not going to pass, but there's still an attempt even after it's been passed yeah. to... So, it, the Brist, I mean, it seems to me, and I've not been out there, but it seems to me as most... What I, what I see or read most of is it most of fishermen are against pebble, yes. pebble or is, is that kind of the case yes
1: i would say 95 percent are against pebble i think a big chunk of that and that's the part that bothers you know the alaskans that are against pebble hey i you guys live here too with me you have your opinion and i'm like neutral i'm i just once you break a process and don't follow a process i don't want to set that precedent Mm -hmm. so that's you know my concern the guys in Alaska but 90 percent of the fleet in Bristol Bay is from out of state
0: Alaska from Seattle right
1: there's Seattle Arizona Washington Oregon those guys could care less about Alaska they could care less they come up here they ship all their food up they fly up they fish they might buy a little bit of fuel while they're here. They fly out and have their their checks sent back to Arizona, California, Washington. They have no vested interest in Alaska or anything about
0: Alaska other than fishing. So they can say no to everything because hey, we got this little is gold mine. Is it like is it competitive in the sense? Obviously, you're trying to get the fish, but is it is the Alaskans like you who live here and work here? Is there ever any kind of Animo, like animosity to people out there where you guys are you guys don't even live here or does it kind of not really matter
1: Nah, it doesn't really matter no we're it's hard to tell i mean you know some people that don't and other, i know you know i grew up in kodiak so a lot of the guys from kodiak i know who they are i know some of the other fishermen that are, that are local to alaska but nine out of ten boats that drove by me i know the boat but i couldn't tell you if they're alaska well, well I, I could tell you on a bunch of them that
0: they're not alaska how was this last season
1: last season was good it ended up being our our third best year ever on catch. Price, wow. is good. Price is good, and
0: yeah. So do you have the same people come back and work for you, or do you, it kind of change over year?
1: Your... My son, who, what is he, 20, 28, I think I'm almost 29, he started fishing me, with me when he was 12, so he's been with me the whole time. Oh, kind of like you and your dad. Yep, my brother, started with me we were partners on the boat in 94 when we started then two years ago or actually it's 2017 first part of 2018 he said i don't want to fish anymore and i bought him out of his share do you have a um, boat
0: is it an ifq is that what that's called or no
1: there is no the, for salmon in bristol bay it's all at derby style whoever catches the most wins
0: Wow! So anybody, you could have more boats than
1: you can't have boats. There's a limited number boat, limited number of permits, and the the buy-in. Now, we bought our first permit. I think one hundred and sixty thousand dollars back in ninety four. It went up to two hundred and ten. They went all the way down to fifteen thousand. Okay, so
0: the. I have to use a quota. That's a quota. so, but right. this isn't a quota base. It's just a whoever permit. goes. But, key, but you you have to have a permit to be able to go fish. You have to have
1: a permit to go fishing. But once you have that permit, you whatever you can catch, you can catch. And it's a wild
0: west. Is, that, is that the one where I've heard? I've seen the video, videos too, where there's like they say go, and there's people watching, and there's like you have one hour left, and if somebody's like, you know, if they're five minutes over because they didn't get the net out, they can get fined. Thirty seconds because? over. So so there's what there's the the trooper the is a wildlife troopers or. Yep. So they're they're watching, right? I heard, I heard a story. A guy, some of my friend's a fisherman. He said this guy had his net got stuck, and they were trying to get it out. And they were, I think he told me it sounded like five minutes, and I don't know what happened, but they wanted to like take their whole catch. Oh yeah. And and it was a big fight, and and he explained there was something. The guy said doesn't matter. You you know you're old. Doesn't the matter. Land. Does not matter. So so they can take your they can take all the
1: fish away. Good. It doesn't matter. You could be doing everything legally, picking up your net. Some guy runs over your net, gets in his prop, gets stuck. And you can't get it back on board in time, you get a ticket. Have you ever have you ever missed it or? I've never missed getting my net up in right, time right. Have you ever but got I've got many tickets. Mainly because of one was a guy wrapped into my net and then he towed into a, a, a set net and took my net with him. And I didn't it wouldn't even buy the set net, but I was guilty by association. more, more times than not, we're just we're fishing and one time I was Going back in, and another boat got right in front of me where I couldn't tow anymore, and I couldn't get my net up in time. How crazy is it? I mean, it sounds it's like it's as nuts. crazy as you could imagine. So, do people ever collide? Boats collide? Yes. Fuck. Yeah, we got hit this year. Little little ding. Uh, that wasn't horrible. The guy was pulling, I was pulling. But is, yeah, is there people... is there is
0: there a better way to do it, or is it, is just is this the best way? No, it's
1: probably the least efficient way to catch salmon. The the most efficient way was the way they used to do it. Is they just put a big trap right at the mouth of the river? Is like that one of those which, wheels? no nope, they just had a big pin right there at the mouth of the river funneled all the fish in canneries would pull all the fish out can them all
0: but that was like whatever. that was that was a big company like a was it a
1: yeah they were they're big companies you know maybe columbia awards you know a bunch of the old the old canneries and but the problem is they could decimate the whole yeah where everything yeah everything and, goes and is much more efficient than gill netting so we gill net we put a long net out fish swim into it we got to pick them all out and do you so get it, bycatch it, almost zero really a couple flounders
0: well, and what do you, have to, do you throw them back or do you keep them or no I don't they're a little flounder we can just throw them over I read about, about a guy um, years ago he um, I'm not sure what fishery it was but he started something have you heard of this yummy chummies yep he took all the basically he took all the bycatch and he made this like dog food and yep. I think he's doing he was doing really well yeah
1: no there's a we were in when I was in Kodiak for Resource Development Council we actually went to the bio dry where they're taking all the the fish waste and they take it cook it down they press it. Put, pull all the oil out, get it down to a cake, and put it in a big bag. And I've driven by it. has been there all my life so in what do, they do What do they do with it? The fertilizer, a lot with the fit. The, fi- the oil. They make fish oil and stuff out of it. We'll further purify it. But I've always smelt it. It's got a very unique smell of fish being dried out. Mm-hmm. But we actually went in the plant. And we went in the plant and opened one door, and it was like 110-degree – heat wave hit you oh my God. with just the worst smell you could possibly <laughs> oh, imagine oh, of all this, gross. all these seafood guts being cooked Ugh. up and pressed out. It was like no, I, I, nothing I, you could imagine. I
0: have my, um, you were in Lithuania, so you probably had caviar, right? Yeah. So I had my Russian buddy, a lot of Russians live here and he'll go out, his dad goes down there to the Kenai when they're doing the fishing and um the guys will just everybody'll just give him the the uh, roe the right. eggs and he'll yeah. make he makes the best caviar and it's free i mean they just give it to him they don't right. want it yeah. and you know you go to Russia a little tiny thing of caviar might be like 30 or 40 bucks yeah and he'll make these little jars and he'll give me a couple every oh man it's, it's just like bread butter caviar it is the best the other thing Snack. about
1: Lithuania was pigs you ever have pigs yeah, while yeah Russia, over there? Russia's, Russia's yeah, yeah, them. they smoke them up, cut mm-hmm. them up, and they're pretty good. They're not too bad. You eat them with like beer. Yeah, till you get to the kind of the middle, the bottom of the year, and
0: then they got the hairs on them and stuff. Yeah. You go, no, nah, I don't want that one. Uh, I've, I've had those. So, so the fishery. So, I mean, what is there a technique or what, what's the best? Is it kind of luck of the draw, or do you do? You, is it first out? I mean, what, what's no, the way to luck of the draw? A lot of times, there's current running through the district,
1: right? So you have boundaries, invisible lines you can't go over. But if you set right on the line, the current's going to push you back in, and the next guy is going to set right on the line, which seems pretty fair. But the problem is, you set right on the line, the next guy's waving the line. What's the, the, an the invisible line, of... line? There's invisible GPS coordinates. And, and You can't cross those. Can't cross them. So you kind of have this invisible. You can't see it, but on your plotter it says where it is and
0: how far. If you're in or out. So, so you're, you're in the you're in the cabin. You're looking at all the stuff, and the guys are doing. The, and you're kind of telling them what the kind of deadliest catch style. You're on the on the microphone, or
1: yeah. Normally I'm fishing with a couple other boats, and you know we'll do that. We'll talk because you know maybe the the line's two miles long well you could be over on one end of it not catching anything. the guys on the other end are catching a lot so we're always talking what am i catching where are you at and making adjustments so
0: to try and it's competitive but it's also you guys are working together a little bit
1: normally you'll have a group i've been fishing with for several years they have i think there's six or eight of us in that group so we're we're normally talking how many uh, boats
0: are out there total boats
1: about 1400 14 Holy to 1600 Four, in bristol bay
0: how big is the how big is the fishing area well, it's spread out, right? You have uh,
1: Nushagak, mm-hmm. Naknik, Quijak, Togiak's really small, Igigik and Ugashik.
0: So these are all treated as a part of the separate, same fishery. Or?
1: All all part of Bristol Bay, but they all are separate little areas, and they have different openings and closures, all based on the escapement, the amount of fish going up the river. So can
0: you do more than one in a season? Can you move move yep, the boat around? But or? when you do, you have to a uh,
1: forty eight hour wait. So if you're in an Igig and you want to go to Nushigak, you got to sit out for 48 hours. So
0: how many uh, regulators or troopers are out there? I mean that's 14, that's a lot of boats. How many yep. people are or how many people are regulating it? I
1: would say 10 wow so probably probably people get away, with, again, get away with stuff sometimes. Uh, yeah but a lot of it gets compressed if you're fishing in the middle of the district and you're two miles from a line you're probably not doing anything wrong it's a guy's right on the line this last year people were setting over i have said you post set on the line you know maybe you set hundred feet over the line, well, the current's going to bring you back in, but then the next guy goes four hundred feet over the line, then somebody goes eight hundred feet and somebody goes a tenth of a mile. These guys were five tenth half a mile over the line this year do
0: people do do people other boats ever called the trooper? Hey, this guy
1: is... Way. I'm sure they do. And they were. I went out there and looked at it. I go, I cannot do this. There's no way I'm throwing my net out. And I went back to the line.
0: 1,400. I, that, that should be a freaking TV show. I mean, that's like... I thought well, they had like,
1: one for a while. It was pretty lame. I don't know it was Bristol Bay or something. It was it a was bad TV show. It wasn't like a
0: deadliest catch.
1: Uh, they tried to make it like that. It was, it was not good.
0: It's, it's wild how it, successful but, deadliest... I mean, that started... I think I moved here in 04. I think it, when it started right after I moved here It's still going.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they are. I think it might have been before that. I don't, uh, cause what are they in there, 15th year, 19th year? I don't know. They're, they're I don't know. Expected, I, mean, I,
0: I moved here in 04, and I remember, because I had a friend at the time that I met from, from school that was, um, he, he was a uh, crabber out there. So he would kind of talk about it a little bit, and then I'd watch the show, and he'd be like, this is, this is true, this is bullshit, this is.
1: Yeah, nah, and I would guess 90% of it's bullshit. I guess it Good, was, good TV, it, though. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it is. They make it drama. They make it all about the drama. Well, if you're on a boat, and you don't have much more living space than this room we're in right now, Jeff, but you're out there, and if you are yelling and screaming at each other, I got a knife. I got a victor knife. I will stab you, right? <laughs> I mean, you just don't have it. Everybody, you bite your lip. You, you, you just bite your lip and let things go, because if you get in a the fight, there, you got nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. You're still on that boat. And that's, you know, all the drama, and they try and make it about drama. There's really not very much drama on a
0: boat. I um, You know the Time Bandit? Yep. Uh, so I saw that actually a couple of years ago. I was down at homer and it was yep. it was out of the water. It was uh-huh. it was on. Yep. I don't know what's it called when it's dry dock. Dry docked. But I was driving a cab uh, before I was working at Texas. Actually, this is like 2008, 2009. I was still in college. Right, right before I started working at Texas, I was driving yep. a cab and one night it's like two you know, one in the morning and I pick up the Hill, Hillstrand brother. Right there's two of them and then two two of their guys. Yep. And I recognize them from the show and I go, oh my God, and these guys were fucking drunk. And they wanted to go to uh, flight deck. Took them to flight deck, and, and they go, "Hey kid, wait for us." You know, we're gonna be in there. And they gave me like a hundred bucks. Yeah. I said, "Holy shit!" I said, "The guy pulled out a big wad of money." So then they stay in there for half an hour. I'm waiting outside. They come back, and they're 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 so drunk, and they grab the radio. One of the guys grabs the radio, and he's screaming and telling them they have me hostage, and they're gonna take me, and you know, don't don't like he's not gonna come fucking around. And I'm like, "Hey guys, what the fuck are you doing? Stop!" You know, I didn't take the radio and tell the dispatch I'm fine. So then they want to go to the, they want to go to the Bush company. So I drop them off at the Bush company and they gave me like another couple hundred bucks and they said, wait here. And, you know, they were really, really, they were really fun. You know, they were drunk and they just got back from, I think, fishing. Right. And then they um, came back and I took them to where they were at the hotel and they gave me like another couple hundred. You guys don't got to do that. You guys don't got to do that. Just, you know, they were just like doling it out. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Now there's a a few little drug issues on that boat. And I think that's one of the reasons they're not on Deadliest Catch anymore. Yeah, so
0: is that why? Because they aren't on there anymore.
1: You know, they made this big deal about, oh, they're retiring. I guess it
0: it was time to get them off. There is a lot of other problems. Do you know that Sig Hansen guy? He seems to be like the, the main. One of the main guys. Yeah,
1: Sig's in a little bit of trouble, too. He was, at a, was taking a taxi ride or Uber ride from a, a person of color and made some very disparaging remarks oh, really? to him. When was that? Oh, no, last year. And I didn't even so, hear about that. Yeah, and his, Oh, it hits... His, uh, you know, his brother was is on the show, too. Mm-hmm. He was, ends up uh, diddling one of his daughter's friends. So he's I think he's got oh some God. issues. Uh, oh. That's why
0: people watch it, because of that kind of yeah. stuff.
1: But they don't put that kind of stuff. They don't put that stuff on yeah, but you, TV.
0: But you hear about it, then you go back to the... Yeah. Um, so a lot of those guys, it seems like they've... Become, I don't know how much they make, but it, I'd venture to say they're making more from the yeah, show I think, than... Yeah, you the,
1: know... Uh, oh, yeah, because they get a lot of endorsement stuff. Again, the, my dad's boat, Seabrook was on there, and... Uh, That boat's still around? Yeah, Scott Campbell. But he just got tired of it, right? I don't know. Maybe they were paying him $300,000 to go do all the filming and be on it. But, you know, so now you got a boat built for, you know, five, six guys. Well, now you put two more camera operators. you got cameras everywhere. Just they're under your feet. They're all over that. And he just, you know, it's not worth it. I've always kind of wondered
0: how when they have two boats doing, like there was one where they, the guy got hurt, something happened, they had a he had to put a, a, a suit on and they had to float to the other boat and they had to grab him. Um, but like they had these, I don't know if they're using drones or, but they, they're definitely, there's footage from outside the boats. Yeah.
1: They have, uh, ooh, what do I call it? They've went out and licensed, uh, Another boat, and that's all they do. They just sit around and they'll just film footage and, and film stuff from. Oh, from so, this okay, other so boat. they have other boat. Okay, that's I kind of wondering. Yeah, how they so get they that. have a, they have their own boat that they catch, and they've just chartered a boat, and he, so they're out there
0: always shooting footage. I wonder and what doing the stuff. budget for that thing. Oh my god, it must be insane. Yeah. So in, in your fishery in Bristol, I mean, how 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 and you watch that show? People get hurt sometimes. They get injured. Sometimes even die. Um, how dangerous dangerous is it out there in Bristol Bay? You know,
1: it's not that. There was somebody who died this last year in Dillingham we've had i've had on the boat or yeah i fell off the boat drowned oh my gosh yeah you know people will get their hand caught in the net my son was over there was stepping over and stepped on a on a float rolled his ankle really bad just
0: like five years ago his ankle still messed up and sore are you guys uh when it's going when it's hot when there's when it's fish time yeah how long are you staying up for
1: you know that was frustrating part of this year their fish were you know, everybody's talking about warmer water. So we definitely had warmer water, but what it did, it kind of kept the fish out in the ocean longer. So when they came in, they came in in more of a big wave. And they came in fast, so they, so many fish got up the river, they were getting too much escapement. So now they, the, the way they control escapement is they let us fish more. And so we were fishing 20 hours a day for a while, and finally they opened it wide open at the end. They would just you could fish 24 hours a day. Oh, wow. And you know, even if the, you figure, oh, two eight-hour openings a day, that's not too bad, it's only 16 hours. But you know, you're getting up an hour before to go get out there. The period ends, you gotta run in to go unload. That could be an hour, then unload. You'd be waiting around to unload, it's another hour, and then you get to sleep, you get two hours of sleep, and you're up doing it again. So how and, many,
0: um, when you're in a season, how many times do you go unload the fish?
1: basically every closure so what if we have a, a four-hour opening today at the end of that we're we're unloading if we have a six-hour opening and a, if we have two six-hour openings we're unloading after both of them what you do you unload into a bigger boat like a time bannet a crab boat all the big crab boats will pull up alongside of them they'll pull our fish off they in a bag put them down in their fish holds and when they're full they'll go take them into the canneries and unload there
0: wow that's just like crazy business in alaska with i mean how much the it's, it's worth billions isn't it the fisheries in alaska oh, yeah. combined yep so, so do you you plan on keeping keep doing this for i
1: don't have an exit plan i plan on i could at some point i could see maybe i'm not working as hard in a corporate life but i don't i don't see an exit plan from fishing even if a guy just you know even if you're retired you can come up work for a month make pretty good wage uh-huh. and, and Take the rest so of your house.
0: So you have a son who's 28, 29, you said? $28,
1: 30. How old are you? 57.
0: You're 57? So nobody, you look, you look, nobody you look gets, way younger than that. Yeah,
1: nobody gets it.
0: Wow. Must be, must be all be. I the always fishing.
1: thought about that going to the carnival, because I bet they wouldn't get my weight my, or my
0: age. What, did you do it at the fair this year? That, no, I always, that about, name that?
1: I always thought about going and doing that because I don't think he would get – nobody Nobody gets my age and nobody gets my weight. You have that weird
0: guy. You pay, But no matter what, I mean, you pay him five, whatever the five or ten. I mean, he, yeah. he always wins. <laughs> doesn't matter what he says.
1: Yeah, so my daughter is 30. <clears> she's going, finishing up her – starting her third year of doctor of pharmacy school at Oregon State. And oh, wow. Actually, that's,
0: a friend of mine's a pharmacist, and she makes uh, – they make really good money. They yeah, make really, you, really good money. Yeah,
1: you come out of school, you're making –
0: make pretty figures, good money easy oh yeah what's your yeah. son he's still he's fishing and he's doing yeah
1: he works out of my fairbanks office so he works up there for me and he's actually in town this week for oh, a couple nice. of days helping me out down here but he'll fly back tomorrow
0: at the family business huh? yeah Z- xerox and and fish there we go um well it's been great coming in mike i we met you like i said it's been almost 10 years now and i see you all, all around and um I want to also thank you. You've been one of my early advertisers on the landmine. You're one of the first people to to advertise and really appreciate the support. Yeah. Um it's uh kind of what keeps it what no, keeps it going good so. Good to
1: know you and uh yeah, I guess Hopefully all, you got
0: some business. You ever get any you ever get any business from the ads? I
1: I don't know if we've got business, but I hope you know, so. part of it is, you know, just getting your name out there, making sure people know you're around and Yeah. Uh, i seeing you and yeah, and just, you know, you're always uh, fun to read your posts and, and tweets. A little and bit entertaining. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming in, and it's been a great—I mean, I learned a lot. I don't go fishing. A lot of my friends fish, but I, um, I'd um, i love to come out. There. I, I, maybe I should go out there and work sometime. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe it would be a good landmine experience, right about fishing for six weeks.
1: Oh, yeah. No, you wouldn't want to do it. You'd want to come out for like a day
0: or two. Oh, no, i got to do the whole thing, man. No, you wouldn't. How, how much can you make if you do really good? If you're, because you get a percentage or do you yeah, get like hourly? Think, or do
1: oh, you? I think my son made thirty five grand for being out there for a little four or five weeks?
0: Oh my god, that's I'll do. I'll oh my god, how, is it like it's physically demanding work? Yeah, it
1: it kicks your ass.
0: I'm, I'm a big guy. I could probably pick up. It kicks your ass. The net.
1: It's not. They don't just write you a check. You got to go earn it.
0: Maybe maybe I'll come out and do a couple days and do a little. Some Facebook Lives yeah, and get some we'll, GoPros. Yeah, we could try that. Get you out there. All right, Mike. Well, Mike, thanks for coming in, buddy. I appreciate it. And, uh, All right, Jeff. Good to see if, you. If, again. if folks want to get a hold of you for the Xerox, they just go to the website or? Yeah, asalaska.com. Okay, Mike, thanks a lot for coming in. Thank you, Jeff. All right, yeah. If you guys uh, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, uh, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.